You are listening to the latest message from Bar None Cowboy Ministries in Omaha, Texas, where we don't care about your past, but care about your future. We thank you for joining us as we look into God's Word with Pastor Dwayne Higgins. All right, we're going to start off in Exodus uh, and look at the three festivals, but we're going to go over to Leviticus. Uh, we're going to be in Exodus uh, 23, where it's the first place that we see the three festivals. Do you know what the first one is? What's the first major festival that we celebrate even today? Passover, which we celebrate as what? Huh? Easter, the resurrection and stuff there. So Passover was the Passover lamb. That's the first one. Do you have any idea what the second one was? Called the Feast of Weeks. Fifty days after the Passover, they celebrate this. It's also known as the Day of Pentecost. Penta, five. So, what came on the day of Pentecost? The Holy Spirit came. Anybody want to take a guess at the third one? Happens in the fall. All right. Trumpets and tabernacles are the same, part of the same feast, but the trumpets happens on the first day of the month. Tabernacle starts on the tenth day of the month. Tabernacles is... Uh, we're going to look at it uh, and, and talk about it. But these are the three major times that God instructed all males to appear before Him in Jerusalem at the temple and stuff. So uh, this is where we're going to begin in, in, in verse 14. It says, Three times a year you shall celebrate a feast to me. You shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for seven days, and you are to eat unleavened bread, as I commanded you, at the appointed time in the month of Abib, which is the first month of the Jewish calendar. For in it you, will, you came out of Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty-handed. Alright, let's just stop right there. Unleavened bread is what? Bread without yeast. What does yeast represent? Oh, boy, y'all smart. Y'all just might as well get up and teach this yourself. Uh, it represents sin. All right, the Passover was not a seven-day event, the original one. It was a one-night event that began where God told them to, put, to, to kill the lamb, put the blood on the doorpost, to roast the lamb, Make unleavened bread, because that night they would eat it, because early before the daylight, Pharaoh was going to let them go because of the plague, the final plague that God was putting on Egypt. Right. When it talks about unleavened bread, the Passover is the first one, and it begins on a Thursday night twilight all all days start at twilight their day did not start at six o'clock in the morning it began at the 
twilight when the sun has went down and it begins to be dark. That's the beginning of the next day. Okay, so it begins there. It ended on Friday night at twilight. The Passover did. The Feast of Unleavened Bread begins on Friday night at twilight because Saturday was what? The Sabbath. So it begins on a Sabbath and it goes through for seven days that they would celebrate the Passover and eat unleavened bread for seven days. And, and that was to bring them in remembrance of what God had done in Egypt. It's to be done continually throughout. And it's to begin on the 14th day of the month of Abib. That's why it moves, folks. A lot of people say, well, why is Easter always moving? Because lunar cycle. Lunar stands for what? The moon. The moon cycles every how many days? Oh, yeah, a little over, hair over 28. But basically every 28 days, they begin to cycle. Now, Charlotte brings up a good point. It's a little more than that. So what happens as you go along? Why does it not stay the same? Because the trip around the sun is also different. We celebrate every four years what's called what? A leap year. So on the Roman calendar, on a 365-day year, we make up that time on the leap year where we gain that extra day. We stuck it in February. You go from February 28th to one year, you do February 29th. And if you're born on February 29th, you, you only have a birthday every four years. Boy, you're talking about getting 29. You're old when you turn 29. But uh, that's, that's a Roman on a solar. What the, the Hebrews did was every 28 days, they started the new moon cycle and the new month. They do 12 months. And it's about every fifth year uh, I didn't look at it today, but it's about every fourth or fifth year they add a 13th month to theirs where they have a second a bib instead of just a bib one. And, and so uh, they go through those calendars and then they start with the second a bib that year and they actually do a 13th. That's why Easter is moving. It begins in March and it eventually plateaus out about the 10th of April. And then the next time it moves back and it goes through that period of time uh, on that because it's on a lunar calendar. And so it's very important. But the Hebrew calendar today did not begin at, at B.C. and A.D. All right, here comes old smart out. He's going to put it all up there and show me wrong. But it's yeah, you can't read it. Thank you. Can't read it. But it's available when you go. Uh, the Hebrew calendar is an ongoing calendar from the time they begin to keep uh, dates somewhere around the time of Moses. And I think right now we're in about the year 5686 or something like that. Uh, in the Roman calendar, somebody a long time ago when they began to set it up, tried to calculate when Jesus' birth was. So he had B.C. And people used to say, that's before Christ. No, it's not. Uh, I forget what that means, but it's not before Christ. And A.D. was after the death of Christ. No, it's not. 
it had a, it's got some technical name, but um, uh, the only problem was later scholars feel like they missed the birth of Christ by three to four years. That he may have been born in, uh, in three years, three to four years prior to the Roman calendar. Uh, parts of them on it, the Orthodox, but they go by both because business world goes by the Roman calendar, religious world goes by the the Jewish calendar. But that's why your Easter moves and changes and stuff. So it was the first religious holiday set aside to remember the Passover. This is also the day that Jesus died. A New Testament fulfillment of an Old Testament festival. 49, uh, seven Sabbaths after the Passover, 49 days, on the 50th day, the day which it, it, it ends on a Sabbath, starts on a Sabbath, ends on a Sabbath, and the day after is the 50th day, the first day of the week, which was Sunday. It's the day of Pentecost. What, what New Testament, well, well, let me tell you the Old Testament. This was a celebration of the first harvest. Your early grains such as barley, oats, and wheat uh, are harvested, barley being some of the earliest that's harvested in uh, late March, early April, with wheat coming on towards the end of May. Even in our area today, uh, on this parallel, you're pretty well going to be able to harvest your wheat sometime around the end of May. depends on the year. Uh, now, North Dakota, they harvest theirs in August. Guess what's parallel to our parallel here in Texas? A country in the Middle East. Israel. When I went to Israel in 1996, I didn't know how to dress. Wintertime. My professor said, dress like you dress here in Texas. He'd been over 27 times. I said, okay, take a coat, be prepared not to wear it. And he was right. Some days you needed a coat in the morning, most days. So their crops are real similar to our crops. And their harvest time real similar, their planting time real similar. So 49 days plus one, 50, day of Pentecost was celebrated as the first fruits, the first harvest. What New Testament fulfillment happened on the day of Pentecost? Charlotte told you a while ago. What came? The Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. So there's two fulfillments of an Old Testament festival that God established. We're leaving one that has not had a fulfillment in a New Testament way. October 6th is the Day of Atonement. The Feast of Tabernacle actually starts September 29th this year. Ends on October 6th. I just scheduled and wrote down on account. We're going to enter into a prayer, a 24-hour prayer vigil, beginning at twilight on October 5th and go to twilight October 6th. Some prophecy 
in the very near future, and it will land on this holiday. I, I, I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced uh, about that. I don't know that it's be this one. I've got some calculations that I, I really think it's going to be a major thing happening this year in Israel at this time. Uh, I can't say what it's going to be because I don't know, but I, God's going to do a major work. And, and I want us to be prepared. I want us to be praying and, and doing that and learning to observe these because if they were important in God and He's already proven that the first two had New Testament purposes, would it not be logical to think that the third one's got a purpose too? Huh? Yeah, no, I don't know. What's, what New Testament event needs to happen that hadn't happened yet. Now that's debatable whether the rapture or the second coming are the same thing or if one comes before the other. It, it's, it's not clear to people way smarter than me because some will argue that the rapture will come and the second coming won't come till later. But I'm here to say, I think Jesus can kind of do whatever he wants to. Uh, and he may come in the rapture, very well may happen at the same time he comes. I'm going to tell you right now, if it's coming this year, me and Mike and Ron and Tony will leave two weeks prior to this. All right, I've already told them, be ready, because... Jesus is coming back on a horse, right? He's bringing an army of horses, right? Huh? He going to come with an army, everybody mount on a horse? Cowboys cannot come and round up anybody without a chuck wagon. So we're going to be going up ahead to get the chuck wagon ready to cook for them. Simple theology right there. That we got to go. And we need at least two weeks to get everything lined up. So if, if the four of us die two weeks prior, you better get your bags packed. <laughs> I don't know just yet. We're going to talk to the Lord when we get to see what He wants, whatever He wants. Oh, a little humor, but, but really, when we look around, do we not see how close we are? And I know people say, well, the Bible says nobody knows. I, I'm, I say, I don't know. But I, I'm telling you, God does things in specific orders. He's got something lined up for one of the Feasts of the Tabernacles. Whether it's this one or the next one or whatever, I'd almost guarantee you that's going to be the event that's going to happen on that. And that, that's going to be the time period. Of so keep your eyes on Israel. Keep your eyes on the fall. And uh, and that in the Feast of Tabernacle changes uh, every year because it's on that same rotation. So it moves. It goes anywhere from the middle of September as far into starting in the middle of October. About 28 days there that it, it rotates and changes. This year it's going to start on the 29th. So... It's kind of interesting to see these things. 
But they all had a purpose to keep people focused on the Lord Himself. And He says, do not come empty-handed. What does He mean? What do you think He means, do not come empty-handed? Huh? Without good works, but also as an offering of praise. Um, when they came to the to the temple, they were expected to bring a sacrifice to show their respect and their honor to God. Now, the sacrifice had been paid by Jesus Himself, so the only sacrifice we can bring in a New Testament area. Is he didn't desire your lamb or your goats, but like Lou said, he desires your praise. And he desires for you to worship and lift him up and exalt him for who he is. Or any time, matter of fact, to not offer up praise to God if it's for nothing. This is one thing Tommy Smith would always do. Tommy didn't need a reason to praise God. He'd tell you, I praise God just because of who he is. And, and he was never bashful about that. He said, I don't have anything special, but I'll praise God for who He is. And that's what we should do. Be thankful that God is who He is, and we're the recipients of all God's goodness and all that He desires to give to us. Therefore, when we come and gather together, we should be lifting Him up and exalting Him to praise Him and not come empty-handed, not wanting something but to come just thankful because i promise you no matter how bad you are there's somebody out there that's hurting worse than you are and the church needs to be functioning in a way that gives them a place to come when they're hurting so that they can find some comfort and a lot of times our little old disputes may seem big to us, but in the, the focus on the, the world, they're really nothing. We need to realize what we say and do and how we act and how we love on people has eternal consequences. I'm going to say this without going into great detail, but Gary Hammond came to church Sunday with a, a mighty big hurt in his life. And even his family wasn't fully aware of. And he needed a place to come. And I like to think that we brought him some comfort when he came Sunday. But I also wish that maybe we could have helped him through it before it got to the place it was. And I think about how many people come needing somebody to help them. And I'm not talking physical help. I'm talking about just loving them. How many people come searching 
And yet, we don't shake their hand or go talk to them because we don't know them. Oh, well, I'm just bashful. You don't have to be a real talkative person to shake somebody's hand or tell them you're glad to hear, glad to see them. You say, well, I don't remember their name. There's a lot of people I don't remember their name. And sometimes you just have to go up there and say, man, I'm glad you're here. Love you. And uh, good to see you. I Be truthful, I've been introduced to Gary several times. I struggled with his name. I knew kind of who he was. But I talked to him Sunday morning before he came in. Before it all settled in. Because when Kara called me, I couldn't put a face on it. And I said, and then when I talked to his daughter this morning, it all came. I knew exactly who he was. The folks, people need us. They need us. They need a church like this because there might not be any other church that would take them. Or they may not feel comfortable. Not everybody will feel comfortable here, but there's a church for them too. But God will have certain people that He'll bring here because you're country folks. Some of you is cowboys, some of you not. But you're country folks. And there's something about country folks that we can have in common with one another. And that's just loving on one another. Picking at one another. I could never make it in a big church. I couldn't pick on Jezebel. They'd get all offended and all that. But, you know, we do it out of love. Sometimes out of spite, but... <laughs> <laughs> Proof's in the pudding, folks. Just listen to her talk. But... Can I share with them a little bit about what you said, what God told you this morning? You know, I'll tell you all that God slapped me around and told me that I'm stupid sometimes. I told you about it here a couple weeks ago. He said, that's the stupidest question you ever asked. What did he tell you, Tony? Uh, you're talking about you felt left out and God told you, if you'd quit going to that garden early every morning and spend time in the Bible. You know, I, I guess if anything God's taught me through the years, He's not this distant God that you talk at. He's a God that's right there next to you and He talks with you. Sometimes He gets pretty blunt with some of us. Sometimes He has to. But He kind of does it with a sense of humor because normally... He makes me laugh. That day he told me that's the stupidest question I ever asked. All I could do was just laugh after that. I thought, you're right. Yesterday I got real tired. I went home early and I sat around and I, I would just give out mentally and physically. And I got to feeling better. And this morning I woke up. because Yesterday afternoon, Kara got a hold of me and told me about Gary's death. And then I heard about 
Nancy's death. And it's like, when I woke up this morning, I'm going to tell you, I, I laid there and I said, Lord, I am tired mentally. I just, I just wanted to get away and I just, I just pulled the covers up over my head and I just stayed in bed because it was getting daylight. And I said, I, I don't want to go. I just want to hide because it's, it's all this. And I just kind of whined in there and God said, yeah, but Dwayne, they need you. So get up and go on. Okay. Want to hide. Because you get mentally give out sometimes and you get so much stuff laid on you and, and you think, you, when you start getting tired, I start looking for an easy week. And when I started this week, I said, it's going to be an easy week. And then I get a couple of deaths, a couple of other things happened Monday that wasn't very positive. And it's like, whew, where's my easy week at? And at least telling God good morning and stuff. And it's like, it's not going to get any better laying here. Just get up and go. So I did. And I got to feeling better about it because it's like, you're right. My little hurt's not very big. I needed to talk to some people that were really hurting. And I need to be there for them. Been pretty good all day till my cook showed up and gave me a hard time. But we had a blast. And it turned out to be a good day. But I firmly believe that God talks that personally to you if you'll let Him. If you just get on your face and be truthful and say, God, why do I feel distant? He wasn't scolding him. He's just saying, well, what's changed, Tony? You've moved some stuff. And what happens is, a lot of times when we move it early, we don't take the time afterwards. Because you get your day started, and if you're not careful, you're moving on through the day doing all your other stuff. And then next thing you know, you don't have that prayer time. And so we need to, to work on that or we all feel that, that God's distance. He hadn't left. Sometimes we've left. And there's a lot to that walk with God. And uh, I hope He never talks to you like He has to talk to me. I hope he can just look at you and say, well done, you're doing good, just keep going. But with me, sometimes he just tells you, you know better. You know what you got to do. And he's right, always is. But, um, man, I wouldn't want to go a day without him. And if people think I'm crazy and think God speaks to me then I'm just crazy because I know he does and if he doesn't talk to you I almost think that you're crazy because I know he will and you better find that spot where he does you won't always like what he tells you but he will talk to you won't be this audible voice can be but a lot of times it's just you ask a question and the answer just jumps right out there in front of them. Did you not know this?
Yeah. I just stammer around to hear myself talk. He said, you know better. Man, I love him. Because nobody else would put up with me the way he does. But nobody else has ever challenged me to be more than I ever thought I could be either. But him. And he's done so much. Anyway, thank you, Tony. First thing he did when he got here, he said, man, we're going to pray. We prayed, didn't we? A good prayer. He prayed. We started our year off praying for one another and lifting one another up. That's good. Because it's real easy to get to going and get to cooking and saying, we got to go. You see, I'd had my prayer time. I wasn't more. <laughs> and he brought that spirit with him, and he did. It rubbed off. We had a big blast. But, uh, folks, that's what church is all about. It's not about a gathering, or it's really not about anything that we think is important. You know what makes good preaching? It's not the preacher. It's the Spirit. It's the Spirit. God can take the lousiest gr grammatical speaker in the world and just lay people out before the throne. D.L. Moody was one of those. Butchered the English language. Embarrassment to those who were grammatically correct. He preached at a church in England and the people were coming out crying. The preacher's out there asking them to forgive him. said, I'll never have him back. said, a lady looked at him. She said, I've never heard such powerful preaching in all my life. Man had a third grade education. But when God got a hold of him, he was a man of God. And he preached the word, butchered the English language. But man, he highlighted the word of God in a way that they'd never heard it before. Father, we're mere humans. And yet you chose us, Father, to be this thing called the church. You chose this group of people right here to be a lighthouse in Morris, Cass, Titus, Upshur County. You planted this church. You brought people to this church. But you've also got people out there that we need to reach. We've got people that are hurting, just like Gary was. And I pray that we never miss the number one thing that we're about. And that's sharing the hope that comes through Jesus Christ. And I pray that everybody that enters into this building 
will get a hold of that philosophy and put it into their life to realize it's not the little things that they think makes church this fantasy world because it's not. It's a lighthouse to a place called a sanctuary where people that are hurting and sick can come and be refreshed and renewed and restored back into a walk with you. And if we're not in that business, we're in the wrong business. I pray that we keep that heart of service and ministering to this lost and dying world and that we never are afraid to change or move forward with the gospel message. Thank you for these festivals that you've called and set aside. And I look forward to the Feast of Tabernacles and the day that you're going to reveal that New Testament fulfillment there. And I pray that every time it rolls around, we prepare ourselves for that second coming or the rapture or just any movement that you're going to do, Father. Bless these individuals as they walk out of this place. Give them the words to speak and the heart to love on people in spite of the conflicts that are around them. May we be strong and walk in our faith. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Y'all have a great week. We thank you for listening to Bar None Cowboy Ministries in Omaha, Texas. We invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. We are located on Highway 259 just south of the four-way in Omaha. You may also find us on Facebook or the web at barnonecowboyministries.com, a place where we don't care about your past but care about your future.